0: Hello and welcome to Stories from India, a podcast where we talk about myths, legends, and folktales from India. I am your host, Narad Muni, and I am a mythological character myself. I have the gift of eternal life and knowledge of the past, the present, and the future. By profession, I am a traveling musician and a storyteller. So the way I'm doing my job is by podcast. In this episode, we are doing an Akbar and Birbal story. If you haven't heard the previous Akbar and Birbal stories, that's perfectly alright. All of these stories stand alone. All you need to know before we begin is that Akbar was a real historical figure. He was a Mughal emperor and ruled over most of India over 500 years ago. The ministers in his court can roughly be divided into two groups, Birbal and everyone else. Birbal was a real historical figure as well. He was Jeeves, to Akbar's Bertie Wooster, or as Sherlock Holmes to Watson. There was no problem that Birpal could not solve. No question that he could not answer in a clever way. That also meant people were always trying to trap him into tricky situations. Other ministers in Akbar's court were quite jealous of Birbal's success. Our story today actually begins not with Akbar or Birbal, but with Bholi. Bholi was a farmer with a big problem. Her problem was the lack of banks in medieval India. As a farmer, Bholi had worked hard on her fields. Plowing them, sowing seeds, irrigating, harvesting and selling the crop. Her efforts over many years had paid off and she had accumulated a very decent sum of a hundred gold coins. And now, she had discovered a clever way of automatically irrigating her fields. So for the first time in many years, she had free time on her hands. She had been hearing about vacations for a long time. She had never tried it herself. But now that she had free time until the harvest, she decided she would give vacations a try to see what the whole fuss was about. That presented a logistical difficulty. She couldn't very well take all the coins with her. It wasn't safe. You might have heard from other episodes on the show how the forests between villages and towns were full of dangers of all kinds. Bholi also could not leave the money behind, buried under the floor of her home where it was. People would be sure to break in and steal it while she was away. It was one thing to leave the money at home, when she was always within sight of her home, sometimes with a sharp sickle in her hand, and a completely different thing to leave it at home with no one to guard it. She asked around, which was the medieval equivalent of browsing through the yellow pages. She got a lot of advice from her fellow farmers. But... No one had any first-hand experience she could learn from. What she wanted was the Yelp or Ask Leila kind of experience with user testimonials. Instead, all she had was one lead. The advice she received was to leave her money with Chalak. Chalak was a holy man, a rishi, who prayed all day and blessed everyone who came to visit him. He was their own personal psychiatrist, giving them advice and that sort of thing. No one Bholi talked to had personally given him their money, but they had heard vague stories of a friend of a friend vouching for Chalak. So Bholi decided to check him out. She stepped into Chalak's ashram, took a token, and stepped into the waiting room. She observed a very reassuring scene, an austere room with Chalak sitting on one side, meditating, and lots of other people patiently waiting for him. Chalak would listen to each of them in turn. Talking about the value of not owning things. Imagine no possessions," he said. "No need for greed or hunger. A brotherhood of man. And sisterhood of woman," he hastily added, seeing Bholi in his audience. When it was her turn, Bholi explained her problem. Chalak said. So, sister, you need a vault. I know nothing of such things. But if you would like to hide your savings here in my hut and retrieve it when you get back, that's totally fine with me. Polly had many questions. But the biggest one was, what if someone tries to steal it from here? No one can interjected a disciple who was waiting behind Bholi. Here, it's all in the pamphlet here. Here's a direct quote from the guidebook of burglars, thieves and highwaymen. A burglar shall never rob a holy person, a holy site or a combination thereof as defined in Annexure 1.3a. That seemed to clinch it for Bholi. She walked into the next room by herself and looked at the ground. The floor was divided up into neat little squares. She took an available spot at random. Spot number 73, a nice prime number. She took a spade from the rack and quickly dug up the spot and buried her bag of gold coins there. With her mind at ease, Bholi went off on her trip. It was a splendid trip. She had the time of her life, mixing ten vacations into one. Time flew by, and Bholi had to come back home, even though she didn't want to. She had to, because there was a farm full of crop ready for the harvest. Her first destination on returning was, of course, to Chalak's ashram. She had even been nice enough to bring him a keychain as a souvenir. Chalak politely declined it, of course. He had no need for worldly possessions, he said. She went to her spot, spot number 73. She dug up the ground, expecting to find the bag of gold coins, but it wasn't there. Maybe she didn't dig deep enough, so she dug a little bit more, but still, nothing. She rushed out and asked Chalak, Please sir, my bag, my money, where is it? I know of no bag, my sister. I wasn't even in the room with you when you buried it. I have no idea what you did, what you deposited in there. But what does it matter? Money, possessions, these are all just worldly things, for which I have no use. True happiness lies in not caring about these. My happiness is in that bag, said Bholi. I know of no bag, sister, he said calmly. Bholi was distraught. She was sure Chalak had done something, but how could she prove it? She decided to appeal to the authorities. And that basically meant Bholi showed up at Emperor Akbar's court. She had to wait for a while for her problem to be heard. The emperor had a challenge on his hands already. The minister for budget and planning was making a big fuss about needing to know the exact population of the empire. No estimates would do for him. This was more of a management problem than a technical one thought Akbar. That meant it needed treatment B. B for Birbal. He summoned his favourite minister and said, This is such an easy problem that I don't even want to bother with it. Birbal, why don't you handle this? I already have your highness, said Birbal. The whole court was stunned into silence. Finally, Akbar spoke up. Birbal, you know exactly how many people live within the borders of the empire? Indeed, your highness, replied Birbal. The exact population of your empire is 159,364,763. ''How can you say that with certainty?'' challenged the minister for budget and planning. ''Oh, so you doubt my numbers? You're welcome to check them,'' replied Birbal. Akbar intervened. ''But Birbal, what if he does and your numbers are incorrect?'' ''I stand by my numbers completely, your highness.'' I just hope that when my esteemed colleague takes on the task of verifying my numbers, he keeps track of migrations, births and deaths retroactively. It can be easy to lose track when you need to check the count of people living in 4 million square kilometers of land when information can't flow any faster than the speed of a horse. Akbar laughed at that. Pirbal had given himself an out, while giving the Minister of Budget and Planning something to work with. The Minister grumbled and thanked Pirbal for the numbers and Akbar for his time and went back to his seat. Up next was Bholi. She described her whole story to the court. When she got to the part about traveling outside the empire on vacation, everyone thought her example illustrated exactly what Birbal had been cautioning about earlier, in getting the population exactly right. When she was done with her narrative, Akbar had no doubts about how to handle this. Birbal, this one is for you again. Sounds like a basic FIT, farmer in trouble case. Birbal gladly accepted this. He had Bholi accompany him to his office. He said to her, So, you're certain that you checked the right spot, and you did actually put the bag in. There is no mistake about any of that? Bholi was absolutely sure. She said, My dilemma is that I can't prove anything. I don't have a receipt from Chalak. What about surveillance footage? asked Birbal. And then immediately dismissed the thought himself. Never mind that. The wrong century to be asking that question. He was deep in thought for a minute, and then finally spoke up. We need to solve this the correct way, he said. It's not okay for me to use taxpayer rupees to pay you back what you lost. It's also not sufficient to prove that anyone did anything wrong. What we want is to recover your money. Even if we did manage to prove something, we cannot take action easily. Arresting a whole man can give us bad press, and we'd rather avoid that just now. So what can you do then? asked Polly. I think I must apply the psychology of the individual to this problem. Replied Birbal. The what of the what? Asked Poli, but Birbal did not reply. He got out a box from his desk. He took some jewels from his safe and put them in the box. The jewels were easily worth more than a thousand gold coins. Anyone could see that. Next, Birbal called in his assistant. Sahayak into the room. Conspiratorially, Pirbal leaned forward and explained his plan to Bholi and Sahayak. The next day, we cut the scene to Chalak's ashram. As usual, Chalak was meditating. He even had a smile on his face. His followers interpreted that as a sign of him attaining nirvana. In reality, he was thinking of all the things he could get for himself with Bholi's gold coins. Yup, Chalak was a cheat. No question. In walked Birbal in the guise of a merchant. He was carrying with him the box of jewels he had filled yesterday. When he spoke to Chalak, he explained that he was planning a trip out of town. He had no safe storage space in his home, which was being renovated just then. I have nowhere else to safely keep these jewels, he said, and popped open the box. The shining jewels... Pretty much lit up the room, and a few faces besides, including chalak's. Pirbal added, but then I heard of you, and I was assured by everyone that this is the safest place in town, to keep anything while I am out. Brother, I have been told that myself. If my humble home may be of any use to you, please go right ahead, said Chalak, displaying enormous restraint in not jumping up for joy. Already, wild ideas were floating in his head of what he would do with the jewels. But before Birbal could get up, Bholi entered the room exactly as they had planned the previous day. She went right up to Chalak and said, I am terribly upset, Mr. Chalak, sir. I searched my mind again and again. I am absolutely certain that I had deposited my bag of gold in the exact spot that I checked. Someone must have taken it. Chalak suddenly got nervous especially as Birbal arched an eyebrow, quizzically. What is this I hear, sister? Birbal asked Bholi. Did you lose your bag of gold after depositing it here? Bholi was about to launch into the whole explanation, just as they had rehearsed. But at that moment, Chalak decided he needed to intervene. If Birbal got the idea that the jewels would not be safe here, he would not leave them here for Chalak to steal. Chalak weighed the odds and decided that the box of jewels was worth at least ten times as much as Bholi's bag of gold. So he quickly spoke up. Sister Bholi, You must simply have dug up in the wrong spot. I remember it well, she said. It was spot number 73. But you're wrong, said Chalak, quickly. I remember talking to the milkman the day you left on vacation. He had picked 73 earlier in the day. You must have left yours in spot number 88. Try that one. Bholi did try that one, and it had her bag of gold coins. Oh, silly me, I am so forgetful, she said, just as Birbal had asked her to. I must have gotten the spot number wrong. Let that be a lesson to you, brother, she told Birbal. Don't forget the spot number after you've buried your box. I won't, said Birbal. Thank you for the advice, he said. Chalak breathed a huge sigh of relief. But not for long. The moment Bholi stepped out, Birbal's assistant rushed in. Master, master! I've been searching everywhere for you, he said to Birbal. Why, what happened, Sahayak?" asked Birbal. There's urgent news for you. Your trip has to be cancelled. The foreigners are coming to visit us instead, Sahayak said, exactly as they had rehearsed. Hooray, said Birbal. That means I won't have to go on that trip after all. This is fantastic. I never liked traveling anyway. Oh well, I'm happy for you too, Chalak, he said, to a very disappointed looking Chalak. You won't have to deal with me forgetting where I buried my box. Normally, I would have gifted you some jewels anyway for having taken up so much of your time. But I don't want to offend you by offering you any worldly possessions. And with that, Birbal and his assistant walked away with Chalak staring longingly at the jewel box in Birbal's arms. That was how elegantly Birbal solved the problem. No arrest of holy men required. Bag of money returned. All the investment he needed was his time. Luckily for Chalak, he had buried Bholi's gold in a different spot in the same room, instead of somewhere else entirely. A few notes on the show. Again, I've used Hindi words that represent the characters. Bholi means a woman who is naive. Chalak means someone who is tricky. And Sahayak literally means assistant. We have covered Akbar and Birbal stories previously. In episode 9, A Clever Minister in King Akbar's Court. Episode 10, The Great Detective. Episode 22, Slow Cooker. Episode 38, A Clothes Shame. And most recently in episode 73, Teacher's Pet. You can find links to these in the show notes. That's all for this week. In the next episode, we'll do a story of Vikram and Bethal. It's been a long time since we did one. We'll see the Bethal, or zombie slash vampire slash revenant, present yet another lateral thinking puzzle, to Vikram. And we'll see why it's important to pay attention to visual cues. That's all for this week. If you have comments or suggestions, or if there are particular stories you would like to hear, please do let me know by leaving a comment or a review on the site sfipodcast.com. Or tweet at SFI podcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get notified automatically of new episodes. Thanks to all of you listeners for your continued support and your feedback. The music is from purpleplanet.com. That's purple planet.com. I'll see you next time.